Welcome back to Bold Perceptions. You just keep coming back. You're really, really liking this podcast. I'm so happy that you like this podcast. And today, today we got a nice, nice, awesome recording with Alexia, uh, a therapist, um, a very awesome person. I enjoy talking with her. We tried recording a couple months ago and audio was little messed up but Jake and George uh, re-recorded with her and there's a ton of good stuff in here Um, I think if it really resonates with you send it to someone that you think would get good help from it too Alexia is a really really nice person and very smart too very smart so we talk about like anxiety um, detaching relationships a lot of different things. It's cool. A lot of neat stuff in here. So like, subscribe, write reviews, uh, shoot us messages, connect with us, build this community. We might have a website coming. Uh-oh, things are moving. It's fun. It's exciting. One love. I'm happy. Life is good. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back. To another episode of Full Perceptions. I am Jake and I'm here with George today and uh, we got a special guest, one that we recorded with about a month ago, two months ago. Um, it was a great interview but unfortunately the audio did not turn out well so we got her back here. She was nice enough to join us again. Uh, her name is Alexia. She's a therapist and why don't you just kind of introduce yourself Alexia. So my name is Alexia Caton, and I am a licensed clinical professional counselor and also a level one Gottman certified couples therapist practicing in Illinois. And um, I've been practicing since I graduated Roosevelt University back in 2007. And since 2018, I have opened my own practice where I provide online telehealth counseling to teens and adults that are managing anxiety, depression, and other various mental health issues. So you kind of do the whole nine yards. Um, I guess just hopping right into it here, Mm -hmm. that anxiety, depression seem to be pretty prevalent in today's day and age. A lot of people seem to be dealing with it on a daily basis. Um, Can you kind of know why, or can you kind of explain why the anxiety depression rates are so high today? Well, I mean, there's, there's definitely right now with what's going on with the COVID and everything, there's definitely a lot of reasons to be anxious and, and depressed because a lot of us are kind of changed from our current routines and, and schedules and as well as our future is a little bit unknown. But kind of what was also going on prior to that um, is, you know, basically our hardwire systems were set on overdrive you know what uh there's this great book that i read a while back uh by bruce lipton called the biology of belief and in there the the reason why i got into it was a lot of reasons um family mental health issues family health issues my father having parkinson's um another one with lupus and a couple other with some other immune disorders. So I got into this book to kind of really understand and see can our belief systems actually change, um, you know, our mental health as well as our physical health and the physiology of what's going on. And in there, he kind of talks about how 
our systems have been basically hardwired where we actually had real threats that we had to worry about, such as getting away from, you know, animals in the wilderness and, you know, survival mode in, in a lot of things. And since then, we've been having so many constructed uh, reasons for anxiety, um, so many social constructed reasons, um, having to do with social media, um, having to do with more pressures in education and comparison where we are in societal um, acceptance. And, you know, since we've sort of been triggering that alarm for a long while, um, our systems were already just sort of on overdrive, which they're not really necessarily meant to be. Very interesting. Very interesting, Alexia. And you guys are probably hearing my voice for the first time here and thinking, who's this guy? Like Jake said, it's George. I was uh, able to join the uh, second round of the interview here. Question. Um, so you mentioned, obviously, a lot of different anxiety uh, reasons, causes, and whatnot. Has there been instances lately where it's seasonal is it is it a, is there winter anxiety compared to like summer and spring and, and how do you treat that if that is the case differently yes there there that's a good question and there is absolutely different um seasonal disorders um we we do know that there's sad seasonal affective disorder which can come with the change in the weather um we know that you know even just the anticipation of spring we can you know, start to get more excited that, oh, okay, warm weather's on the way here. And that can be a good positive motivating factor that we have and we look forward to that one. You know, even summer, you know, that's why it's spring break, summer. Um, but then when we have the, the winter break, you know, there's, can also be easily dread, even though maybe there's not that much going on because outside we can't do a lot. Um, colder, maybe people who enjoy the outdoors are not able to get out as much. Um, that's definitely one of the tips you know, that we as therapists also recommend is getting out in nature um, to help with that, to ground a little bit more, to actually even walk you know, safely with your feet on the ground if you can, to have that different reversal in energy from the magnetic field of the ground uh, throughout your body. Um, but it, it definitely, you know, especially now with the fact that a lot of us are having to still remain indoors, um, you know, that can, that may also play a little bit more um, into affecting that maybe our mental health won't be as tied um, as much to whether or not the seasons change because we may have to be inside longer, whether or not it's warmer or nice, you know, or nicer outside. Um, and then I think your second question was, um, how do we combat some of the, the seasonal effective if that, that is an issue? And, um, you know, like I said, one of the suggestions would be to get out into nature, to ground, um, you know, to, to take off the shoes actually safely and actually connect your feet to the ground. Um, I think the, the other thing would be, um, and these are tips that I recommend that anyone can do very easily, you can, it, it's always with you, um, is focusing on grounding in the aspect of looking at um, the five steps. So that would be focusing on five things that you can see um, you know, and that would be right directly in the area. Five things that you see, you know, I see the desk, I see uh, my pet, I see my hand, and, you know, just listing things that you can see concretely in front of you. Uh, the other thing would be four things that you can hear. Um, you know, my dog barking, I can hear the TV playing in the background, because we want to ground you back into what's going on, not so much your panic. Um, you know, then it would be three things that you can smell. You know, I smell food cooking, um, I can smell my perfume or my cologne. Um, the other thing would be naming two things that you can touch. 
Um, and then the last one would be one thing that you can taste. Um, obviously something you, that you like to taste because we want to activate the, the buds um, positively in, in that connection. Um, but those are things that you can do to kind of ground you out of the panic that you might be feeling related to uh, the seasonal effectiveness. Um, and then working on breath work is, is another way to be doing that. So that all sounds like you're practicing mindfulness then. And mm -hmm. the design, that's helped a lot with me in the past whenever I've dealt with anxiety. And then last summer, I started using the breathing techniques, especially at night if I'm feeling anxious in bed and can't go to sleep. When I start focusing on my breathing, doing the through the nose, out through the mouth, it's really helped me calm down. So um, those are very easy action tips to take whenever you're feeling anxious. Um, I kind of want to get back to what you said uh, with the first answer of mm -hmm. why it's so prevalent. And I think you touched on it is the social constructs. Um, do you see a lot with people feeling anxious over social media and kind of being comparative to others? Or does it, especially Instagram, I know that one, I've even had to stay away from that because if I go on it, I start getting that comparing mindset. So can you kind of touch on that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, the hard thing is, is that we, we as creatures already sort of did this before social media. Um, you know, it was always that picket white fence, you know, the grass is always greener. I mean, these were things already that we were naturally doing. And then now to have this portal um, constantly, consistently into other people's lives, especially the way that they want to depict it. Um, you know, and, and this portal is, you know, sort of their window dressing sometimes, right? And, you know, we know that over holidays, that can be very fun and cool to look at, but, you know, especially when you maybe relate this into um, our social aspects and maybe how people are sort of fashioning and dressing their lives, um, that definitely can be something that can be impactful. And I know even myself, um, you know, even though my business is online, I, I do practice in it and I, and I try and show that to my clients by not always frequently posting online, by not, um, you know, and, and sometimes I can see obviously the, the result of that, but that's not what I'm also doing. I'm doing a lot of my behaviors also to model that um, to my clients to kind of show that, you know what, this is maybe healthy as well. We want to be connected and this is why we have it to be connected. But we also want to remember what it was like before that existence and what we can do also without that existence. Um, because I, I think especially now in this time, um, you know, we're kind of being tested with that even more as to how much we're interacting with it. Yeah, and social media, Instagram especially, is people's highlight reels are not going to show you their down times on that. That's what I always had to remind myself. So I like that answer. And then another thing you said too was our belief systems. Um, we, uh, me and George have read uh, the book, The Gamma Mindset. We actually had the author on the podcast way back when, and he talks about updating your current belief system because they're outdated. Um, can you kind of touch on can you kind of explain the meaning behind what you said, belief systems? Because I think that's a very important thing is to update those belief systems and really ingrain them in yourself and make them positive because we practice negative self-talk so much. Um, so hopefully I, I won't deconstruct too much of what the gamma mindset said because, you know, I always respect what um, other people in the business have to say. But I, I would say at least for the belief systems that I was talking about is, you know, we, we do kind of come up with some sort of core beliefs. Um, from our family, from our childhood that we have. 
um, albeit they'll be negative and they'll be positive belief systems. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the times we focus more on the negative systems. And um, it will be these sort of core beliefs that we'll keep repairing throughout our lives um, that will be triggered uh, by different events that will go on in our life. And, um, you know, and it really we might be getting upset at that situation or that person. But a lot of the times we don't really deconstruct then too much of what is the core belief that this might be affecting or attacking um, and how, how am I letting it control me instead of me controlling that belief. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. And yes, the, the game of mindset, I actually did a touch on um, the fact that you just said, I mean, your beliefs usually are built in your childhood, right? Whether you know it or not, it's in your subconscious brain. And um, yeah, I'm glad you hit on that. You didn't ruin the book at all. You may, maybe just made it a little more credible. So that's great. And um, so I was wondering, being, you know, this is an online business, right? And everything is kind of moving towards online businesses in a way. Do you see any challenges, or actually I should phrase it differently, what are the pros of doing it online? Are you able to connect in different ways over the phone? Do they, you know, open up a little more because they're not face-to-face, -face, or how does that work? I, I, I like that you started with the positive instead of going with the, <laughs> with the negative. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, it, it definitely allows us to be creative in the ways that we connect. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes I, and not to say again, because I, obviously I, I still rely on my research um, and my supports that I fall into. So I definitely love to share other things, but I think I've also found myself relying more on worksheets that I've created, um, programs or, or things that I've created as well myself to kind of help facilitate a little bit easier as to what we're experiencing with the with the telehealth um, and I think that it, it is um, you know with some people that maybe um, have challenges I guess with communication um, and, and, and technology in that sense they might not feel as comfortable um, that's why I said and sometimes there will be people that will just prefer to have the telephone conversation as opposed to actually even first doing the video um, just because of, well, you know, I, I've only met with somebody in this one way. Um, so sometimes that can be the challenge and I'm definitely more flexible in working with that um, and trying to get the person, um, like I said, I'm more than happy to do the consultation on the telehealth so that we can help also manage their comfortability with doing it online. Yeah, I think the uh, online, especially now with coronavirus, it's gonna be shifting a lot towards that way. And I think that will kind of take off in the future. It seems like almost everything is moving to online platforms. Um, kind of want to shift it to your Instagram real quick. I know we did this last time, but you have a lot of good stuff on your Instagram page. And one of the ones you post, not quotes, but it's a 12-step guide, it looks like. Um, I want to talk about the detachment one because today you see relationships be extremely codependent and it's your mood that's codependent on others. You, they basically kind of put their feelings and how their partner is feeling. And so the picture I found says, process, detachment step one, process of releasing and detaching from others in a loving way, if possible, set boundaries and limits on control. So if you're the one that is um, dependent, emotionally dependent on the other, 
what is a way that you can kind of release that emotional attachment and become more within yourself and not so much relying on them for your happiness or the way you feel? Um, so the first one was release the emotional attachment and then not to rely on too much how they feel. Is that? Yeah. Like what, what's, uh, I guess an action tip or action steps that they can take to release that, um, or to get out of that emotional dependency. Okay. I like to sometimes write these down too, because I know I can sometimes get lost in thought and <laughs> I just want to make sure that then I actually address all, all of the things. Uh, again, if my clients will see me frequently do this as well. Um, so sometimes they'll see the top of my head and that's exactly what I'm doing with the pen in my hand. So just to explain that old school, I was with the pen in the hand. Um, but, uh, the, the way I, I would say is, you know, I like this question about codependency. Um, and I think if I remember that's uh, Femelody Beatty, it was the author, I think I'm, I'm that, that I was speaking of, at least I hope so. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really hard to be in a relationship without being codependent in some way, because you are, you are trying to, to trust in somebody else. You know, I mean, that's why they do those trust, you know, uh, falls. They do these other things with partners just to kind of help promote that, that honesty and connection within somebody that no matter what, they always have your back. So it, I like this because it, sometimes the codependency gets such a negative connotation and I always try and to soften that because a lot of times when people first even hear, oh, I'm codependent, then, you know, there's this negative thing that people don't even want to kind of address that issue um, or feeling embarrassed that even have to address this issue. Um, and I want to really say that that's so natural because again, we're working in relationships. We are, we are, we are creatures of relationships. And, and so definitely that's going to be a, an issue um, or a factor that's always going to play within the relationship. Um, I would say an action tip to, you know, try and make sure is, well, first of all, you have to kind of assess what is the person filling? What are these voids the person is, is filling in the attachment in my need as to what I'm gaining from them? You know, is it that I feel better about myself? Is it that I feel a sense of worthiness? Is it, and so I think it's really important one to kind of assess that and then look at ways that you yourself can actively fill that gap yourself. Um, look at doing things that you can put in place of that can still give that same response and, and feeling that you get when you're connecting with your partner to kind of help minimize some of this, that, that intense feeling of codependency. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. And that, that resonates with me because obviously you are, you know, a relationship therapist. I'm a younger guy. I haven't, you know, hit the nail on the head with a perfect relationship or else I'd be, you know, married with a white picket fence, we'll say. But um, is there certain issues that are more prevalent in younger relationships uh, compared to, you know, older generations or, you know, age groups? Um, I, I definitely like this question and, and I relate because I'll say um, I didn't meet my partner until I was in uh, almost my mid thirties, uh, 33. So I, I want to say that, you know, obviously it, it can happen and there's still plenty of time. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, what, what is sort of the common thing that can kind of happen that's more generational is that we're waiting 
longer in life to get married. We're waiting later to have, um, you know, relationships that are more, whether they're more meaningful or more consistent. Um, that seems to be more of, of the trigger and the change that's been going on. Um, definitely with people waiting to, to get married, you know, having that, their education, uh, traveling, you know, maybe that's taking a couple of years off and just traveling and focusing on you. Um, and so I think there's more of a little bit of this um, centeredness that, that we're having, whereas opposed to people back, you know, in the older generation, it was the structure. Um, everyone sort of was following what was this one set way you when you get out of your parents' house, you get married and you have kids um, and you know you continue to work at wherever you're working. <laughs> you know, maybe people didn't even change jobs a lot. Um, I think it was probably, I wanna say, um, in the early 2000s that maybe the, there was a huge change even in the job market where people were maybe staying at their current job for six years. Um, where, you know, that was something where people would normally stay at 15, 20 years. Um, so I think that shortness and that quick changeover is happening in our job markets and it's happening in our relationships. I like that. Um, just with relationships today, I feel like it's a lot more complicated with everything, social media. Um, another thing from your Instagram page that I liked was the self-awareness building, because um, self-awareness is so important. A lot of people, it seems, almost lack self-awareness at times. But the uh, picture says, when feeling emotions or in an emotional state, still taking responsibility for those emotions is generated. And I think that's important to take responsibility for yourself and what you do. Can you kind of speak on that? Yeah, this, this one is really good in the sense of, you know, especially when we're even dealing with our feelings that we don't want to, you know, such as anger, um, jealousy, um, and, and, and those things usually, because they're so dirty, <laughs> so to speak, we want to blame the other person, then your fault, it's your, you did this. Um, it, we just want to push it all on them because we don't like those feelings. That, that's the full reason as to why we're feeling that emotion. But because we're feeling it, we're the ones actually still generating it. They may have caused it. And a lot of times this is talked about um, in cognitive behavioral therapy as sort of this antecedent, you know, what, became, what came first, um, the action, you know, and then the, what was the behavior, um, you know, and, and what, what was elicited response, what did you do? Um, and then what was the consequence of that? Um, and, you know, in every reaction, every action, yes, there is a reaction, but then there's that double reaction because you're reacting, but then we also have to process why that feeling was triggered, why that emotion was so easily bothered. Um, and we still have to assess that, that even though that person may have triggered it, I still allowed myself to feel that emotion. So again, kind of going back to the core beliefs, um, what maybe old age core belief was it triggering? Um, that that's why I was so sensitive to it. Interesting, Alexia, you touched on, you know, kind of bottling emotions, maybe sweeping them under the rug um, if they're a problem, you know. And I'm wondering, how do you help people kind of hit the nail on the head? Um, how do you diagnose what's truly the root of a problem? How do you help people, you know, see, wow, this is, this is the emotion or this is the cause of a problem? Okay, so, um, you know, what I would say when obviously kind of, you know, 
sweeping under the rug. Um, I guess this first is also kind of understanding a couple of things, um, somebody's coping mechanisms, so whatever, maybe there's some of their defense mechanisms, um, and that kind of helps assess what's going on with how they're processing it. You know, is it black and white thinking? Um, is it, you know, magical thinking? And just trying to assess what is also the quick way that they're trying to cope with some of that. Um, you know, but diagnosing what's the root of it, um, it obviously is something that's going to take a couple of sessions. This isn't something where someone comes in and, and then I meet with them and then it's like, oh, aha, this is what it is. Um, so it definitely, you know, to get to the root of something, you definitely um, need to have a, a consistent sessions with a therapist to kind of assess a little bit about what's going on because then we can learn a little bit more about your your core beliefs um, your coping skills um, and and then finding out what is effective and maladaptive for you but the ways that we would really kind of work on some of that is to be assessing those things and figuring out um, what also is so problematic for them and hearing that, but then figuring out also things that maybe they're not paying attention to that we also see as problematic. Because again, a lot of those times are going to be the coping mechanisms that people don't want to let go of, you know, whether they're the bad coping mechanisms um, or ones that, you know, we're ashamed of, or maybe ones that we are super proud of. Um, you know, they can be good and bad, whatever it is and how, how, however effectively that we're using it. So you talked about uh, coping mechanisms there, which I think it's important for everybody to have healthy coping mechanisms because um, for a long time I had very unhealthy ones um, where I would use drugs or alcohol to deal with an issue. And I guess not even really deal with it, uh, just suppress the feelings. What are some healthy coping mechanisms for people to apply? Because life gets tough. It's not all going to be roses and dandelions throughout. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and definitely, like I said, I, I never want to make anyone feel guilty or ashamed um, of whatever type of coping mechanism they use. Because, you know, again, especially it's kind of things have changed in advance. We do see um, a lot of different types of medications and things like that that are being applied for treatments. Um, but I, I definitely think, you know, when you talk about coping mechanisms, um, like I said, it, it needs to be first assessing what, what are people doing naturally, whether good or bad, what is it that they're doing naturally? Um, and then trying to find out, um, what are the healthier coping mechanisms that we can apply? What is a different type of differential thinking that we can apply? Um, so having them using, uh, uh, stop, uh, ah, I can talk. <laughs> thought reframing and um, where basically where we have the person practice the negative thoughts that they're having um, and having them reframe what it is that they're saying, restate it in a positive way um, and having them deconstruct that sentence over and saying it in a way that is more healthy to somebody. So that's kind of where we're working again with the cognitive thoughts. Um, coping mechanisms, you know, like I said, breath work, you know, so doing the four square breathing, where you breathe in for four, hold for four, let it out for four, breathe in for four, think of like a square box and kind of doing that over. Um, another coping technique of breathing would be four, seven, eight. Um, you breathe in for four, hold for seven, and then let it out for eight. Repeat that again until you feel calmer. Um, so again, trying to work on other things that are quick and accessible, I mean, especially because you know, self-care, um, you know, when we talk about it, a lot of times people think, 
of what we can do. You know, I know for going to your gym to exercise, which we can't do, um, massages, facials, acupuncture, physical therapy, all these things that maybe we go to a place that we necessarily can't always do. Um, you know, so it's about being creative about how you can maybe make a home gym and having exercise. We know we can do it with just our own body weight. We know we can do it with strength and conditioning, with um, bands, um, resistance training. So thinking about some things like that you can do. Obviously going out in nature, again, that's a double whammy because then we're grounding, we're being out in nature and open space safely that we can. Um, you know, and, and then really the, the other things could even be um, working on a good positive routine where maybe every morning you're doing positive affirmations and you're making sure that you're, cause you know, we're going to beat ourselves out at some point in the day, whether we're really paying attention to turn out, we might say, Oh, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? Um, whether that's driving, something happens or whether it was something that you said, I know I'm kind of an awkward conversation person sometimes. So, um, I'm used to covering all different types of conversations. So I know sometimes I can say something that maybe wasn't so appropriate in the conversation. So I, I think it's really um, about how you're applying those different practices and even progressive muscle relaxation where the person is practicing, um, you know, tightening of, of different parts of the body and practicing from the head all the way down to the feet um, and looking at how you're using those things to kind of cope when you're managing the stress. Um, not only just impacting, you know, your thought process, but also, again, going back to our physical aspects because our anxiety, our stress, you know, we can hunch up our shoulders when we're stressed and not even knowing it. We can hold our breath a lot of the times. That's why, again, we can, you know, we suggest doing breath work, you know, because you get good news. It's, you know, you do one of those, you get bad news. It's, you know, so again, there's a lot of times where we're doing something and we're really not even cognizant of how much we're impacting our breath. So really, making that cognizant time to also be focusing on that breath work. I got to do more breath work. That's what I'm taking for this. I got to relax the body. Um, something else I saw on your Instagram that I really, really liked, it was uh, unsubscribing. And you, you jotted down, or I guess typed down on the Instagram, um, unsubscribing from unwanted spam, right? So obviously, a millennial will see that and say, oh, I got to unfollow this, or I got to block this person, whatnot. Are there other ways? Well, there, I'm sure there are other ways here, but uh, what are some other ways to kind of unsubscribe or, you know, push things that you don't want to see to the side? I love that question. Um, and, you know, definitely, I mean, even some small ways, like you said, I, I don't want us to only just think about who we're following, you know, um, who, who we're friends with. And sometimes that's even a, a really big thing, right? I mean, we think of unfriending somebody, somebody might get mad. Um, you know, I have to be honest, I've, I've noticed it, you know, um, and, and that can, something that can very easily happen. But I think it's even down to um, unwanted spam of email. Um, maybe it's accounts that we no longer, we don't go to that place anymore, or we don't purchase anything from them anymore. And we're just getting constant spam emails from them. It's, it's actually going in and, and unsubscribing and making sure like, okay, did I actually unsubscribe from every email? Um, and, and just taking a day, I mean, especially now we've got a little bit more time, you know, going through that email, um, and unsigning from accounts like that, uh, deleting old emails that you have. I know once upon a time I did, I had 10,000 emails. Um, I'm, I'm a part of so many different groups and I do have an email that's designed all for spam. So, I mean, it is my shopping email. It's, it's, it's my everything email. So I, I do have one where I even send it. So, you know, maybe even setting up a system like that where you're deconstructing some of it and you're trying to filter where 
the not the noise goes to a little bit clearer, right? Um, and so it's even looking at how can you maybe not only just unfollow, un, 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 you know, unsubscribe, but it's also filter, you know, maybe where can you put, when you do want to enjoy the fun stuff, maybe where can you put that where I actively go to that and I actively look at it, you know, it's kind of like how our iPhones, not everyone has iPhones, but our iPhones and our phones can put things into categories, right? And you can title them, this is all the same thing. We also need to be doing that a lot with a lot of the information that we receive and, and being a little bit clearer as to how we can filter that. We talk about it a lot on this podcast is watching what you consume because whether you're consciously taking it in, subconsciously you are, um, and it's even goes like what you watch, the news, so sometimes we get force-fed a lot of negativity, so it's good to kind of put that to the side every now and then. There is another thing on the um, your Instagram page, which I, I love your Instagram page. Um, it's, yeah. uh, I will take care of others around me, whether they ask for help or not. Because um, I believe that we're put on earth to help people, and I think it makes us feel good. But then we come to the point where we're always saying yes and people pleasing, which can be detrimental. Can you kind of speak on that for everybody that's listening? Okay. So um, I feel like there's kind of like two things about helping and then people pleasing. Um, so I'll try and see how I can uh, address that. But um, you know, it, it it is about trying to kind of catch those moments because especially, you know, we are, a lot of us may be not comfortable with asking for help, you know, and, and actually receiving that help. Because um, again, maybe there's a shame, there's guilt, there's embarrassment, um, especially maybe against um, males, uh, feeling that they need to be stronger, not, not show something. Um, or even therapists, we can be weak of like, we should have it all together, um, you know, and things like that. So I think that very easily for anyone to be questioning um, that level. But I think what it is, is just trying to find those moments of where you can be um, of help to somebody and, and checking in with them because they may be too proud. Um, I know I do have a, a couple of, not just clients, but friends as well, that that's something that is really hard for them. Family members as well, that maybe are a little bit more resistant to help. Um, but I think it's about having that balance um, because I think I even, uh, I don't know if I maybe posted it on my Facebook or, or Instagram, um, but it's also important to be checking in on people, but also making sure that those people that you're checking in on are also checking in on you. Um, and it won't always happen simultaneously. Um, and I think that's kind of where that boundary issue comes into play is, is really understanding that, you know what, it's, if, if they're going through a hard time, I can't maybe expect them to be all in for me. Um, I can't maybe expect them to, to, be, to be there, especially if maybe they don't know. Um, I also always uh, reiterate with people, like, really make sure that they're aware. Um, don't get into this mind reading thing. I, I'm, I, mind reading bothers me. That's just my own personal pet peeve. We can talk about that later. Um, but, you know, I, I really think it's important for people to, um, you know, yes, it, there's an expectation, but I also think it's important for people to, to be, both parties to be very clear as to what those expectations are. And then being understanding that maybe if they're going through something, they won't be able to meet that expectation all the time. So being understandable that, yes, you want them to check it on you, um, if you're checking it on them, but then being mindful that it may not happen simultaneously. Yeah. And you touched on uh, people pleasing Jake and Alexia. 
that kind of hit me a little bit because I feel like I'm a bit of a, a people pleaser sometimes. I try to do a little too much. I actually I feel like I'm getting my own personal therapy session as we speak. I feel guilty for not. Maybe I got to hit the Venmo after this. I don't know. But do you see, I guess, patterns with people um, when they realize, wow, I mean, I've been trying to do too much. I've been trying to put too much positive energy into something that, you know, I'm not getting that energy reciprocated back. Are there common are there common solutions for these types of people, or is it do you see you know common solutions for all different types of people? I mean, I, I like to say that yes, I mean there's there's common themes so that we can talk about, but definitely it is still going to be specialized to the individual. I, I never want to forget that we always have to take into account that specific person but yes we can kind of say there's a little bit of umbrella reasons as to why someone is people pleasing um maybe it's because you know that it's a control issue and in people pleasing and this sounds weird but it, it can be a control issue because you are controlling the outcome if you're doing something you are then most likely then controlling what that person is also going to be doing how they're going to be responding whether it's good or bad, again, it's not necessarily something to judge what that is, but it's definitely also one way that that can come about. I like it. I like it. Um, as we sort of come to an end here, do you have any book recommendations for the listeners out there? You're muted. <laughs> I'll cut it. Um, you, I, I mentioned a heavy book earlier uh, by Bruce Lipton, which um, it's, it's a heavy read. Um, he does explain the, the big words that he uses sometimes as far as, you know, hypothalamus, uh, the pituitary adrenal gland, the things he'll explain what that is. Um, but I would say an easy read um, is one that I actually had done for a, a book club a, a while ago. And uh, it's called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. It's also a book, um, but it, I definitely don't recommend watching the book at all. Um, but in there they had, the reason why is because the book was able to kind of touch on a, on a couple more points that were insightful, but without having to get too in your brain. Um, and they use basically a simple mathematical equation um, for happiness. And it was um, satisfaction over desires equals happiness. And I really like that because, again, then we're focusing on what really equals happiness is just our satisfaction, not our wants, not our needs, especially in this time of, you know, this that we're dealing with in, in this time. We're going to have a lot of wants and a lot of desires that maybe we can't naturally do. And then it's looking at, okay, how can I do something and have a satisfactory outcome? What can I do? Maybe it's just taking those steps. That's what you need to be satisfied with. And that allows the happiness, not, not judging the outcome of it, so to speak. Um, and uh, so I would definitely recommend that that was an, an, an easy read book that was also insightful with this moment. I'll have to check that out. Um, I'm trying to get more into reading. I think reading is a good way to get out of your own head whenever you're feeling anxious too. And then um, for connecting with our community and mm -hmm. you available i know it's a rough time out there right now so a lot of people are being are, are anxious are people able to reach out to you as of now they they are um and like i said obviously we're all kind of being mindful as to to what's going on so they can reach me um i am online i do have an instagram page um I do say that people are able to reach me there, but I probably will then direct them right afterwards to a more secure uh, way of connection, which would be through my email. Um, 
and uh, they can reach me at alexiadailylivingco.com um, and or they can reach me by cell phone at 312-462-4440. Um, so they're more than able to reach me that or then follow me and find me on Instagram. Um, and that's Daily Living Counseling and they can find me there and then I'll be happy to respond and direct them to the appropriate contact. But yeah, it's, it's definitely important to kind of have resources as available as much as possible. Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, uh, I see a therapist personally. I think even if you're not dealing with all these emotions, anxiety, depression, it's still good to see one. It's a person that can help you talk out your problems. They have an outside view of the situation. And so, and they help you come to your own conclusion. So um, I've loved therapy so far. And uh, so thank you, Alexia, for allowing people to reach out to you. And uh, thanks for coming back on. I'm sorry the first uh, episode audio didn't turn out well, but thank you again for making time for us. No, absolutely. I, I'm, I was glad to do this. You know, again, the, the first conversation was just as great. I, I'm sorry that we don't, <laughs> we don't have that to prove to show for it, but um, I was glad I was able to meet George this time as well, since I know I met with Nick last time. So I'm meeting everybody. That's great. <laughs> You're becoming part of the family. <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys. And I'm glad I was able to share, especially in this time of need as to what's going on and the resources and I don't know how, how I can help, um, you know, and it will look like this uh, minus extra people, you know, unless they're approved. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining another episode. As you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Reach out to us and uh, stay safe and healthy out there. <laughs>